For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, Thunder fans? You people are listening to Topic Thunder. That was a bummer, Thunder fans. Uh, I I think I might be a tad bit more bummed out than the average listener because at the beginning of this season, in our preseason previews, I went out on a limb and projected that the Thunder would win 58 games this season. And man, at the beginning of this five-game stretch of beatable teams... I was really looking forward to the Thunder being 17-7 and seven after this game, which would have put them at almost exactly a 58-win pace. Uh, it didn't work out for me. I'm Stephen Dolan, and the Thunder lost to the Bulls 114-112, to 112, really with just a lackluster performance. But with all of that said, let's hook up the TiVo. But before we do that, a little house cleaning to do with a word from our sponsor. All right, that's Flipboard. And look, if you're a Thunder fan who didn't get to watch this game, I'm a little jealous of you, but you don't have to explain to me why you need TiVo. Thunder came out in this game uh, really making an effort to get the ball to Steven Adams, which you love to see. He doesn't get the ball enough, and they were really force-feeding him. In the four, the first four and a half minutes of this game, he had 12 points and three rebounds. He had the Thunder's first 12 points and just really was unstoppable um, to the point where I was like, who is their starting center? And had to go look it up. And it turns out that the Bulls did not have a starting center. They started Laurie Markinen and Wendell Carter Jr., both of whom are listed as power forwards. And sorry, Bulls, if you're going to start power forwards against Steven Adams, that's just not going to be enough. I noteworthy moment in the first quarter Steven Adams took a jumper from past the free throw line yeah like significantly past it maybe like a foot and a half it was a legitimate mid-range jumper so the Thunder obviously came out in this game looking at the Bulls starting lineup and saying hey no center and saying time to try to exploit Steven Adams which again you love to see that Um, You hope it continues. It's been a trend throughout the season, though, that it does not continue past the first quarter, especially into the second half. But as much as I did love feeding Steven Adams, the bench came in at the end of the first and found some pace 
that really helped the game. So it may be something that even though we like to see Steven Adams get the ball more, it might be a thing that's more valuable as a possession finisher when a possession doesn't work out than as a planned set to start a possession because we've seen that pace is something really valuable to this team. So we need to try to keep that pace up. The Thunder ended the first quarter 34 to 28. Steven Adams had 14 and five rebounds. I believe all of those were offensive. He also was fouled going for two rebounds and forced the Bulls to throw a rebound out of bounds. So you can just add those three to his five offensive rebounds. He basically saved the Thunder eight possessions in the first half, and they were still only up by six. Paul George also added 10 points of his own, and both point guards added two. Zach Levine had 11 points in the first quarter, and then the Bulls had a lot of players with a few points, which turned out to be kind of a theme of this game. In the second quarter, I have a note here that just says Robin Lopez was noticeably good, and that's true. He ended up noticeably good throughout the game. I think he was kind of a problem for Nerlens Noel, especially in the first half, and then after that, they both teams kind of, I think, had a mutual agreement to match up their centers with each other because neither, others, neither backup centers could kind of handle the other one. Another note from the second quarter, Patrick Patterson looks so slow. And this is a team that relies on athleticism and and I'm I I am and I have been of the opinion that Patrick Patterson's shooting is not a problem for the team, but if he's going to be unathletic and slow on defense, that's a problem for the team. So I don't know, let's hope he's fighting a nagging injury or something. I can't really think of another way that gets better. There was a dunk in the second quarter where Hamadou Diallo put his chin on the rim. That was pretty cool. Uh, Michael Cage said, quote, he cocked it back from Georgia. And then when Chris Fisher did not respond, he said, you know, the state. So that was probably the low light of the first half, um, despite the Thunder's bad defense. I have another note, which was that They're making all the jumpers in the world, and the Bulls really did in the first half. They were just making everything from all over the field, and and we kind of knew that that would trail off a little bit in the second half, and it did, but most of those jumpers, if we're being perfectly honest, were pretty wide open. The Thunder did not bring up a lot of intensity, especially in the first half. Uh, The Thunder... Pulled it within 53 to 59 at one point, but then they just messed up a bunch. Uh, Paul George, at one moment, this was kind of interesting. He had a weird loose ball foul, um, which I kind of understood from the rest perspective, but it made Paul George really mad, and he immediately got a steal and a layup, so that was a cool moment. Uh, Russell Westbrook got a steal and then shot a layup when he was wide open, which actually drew boos from the Chicago crowd, which I thought was really cool, but... All that said, the Thunder finished the first half trailing 62 to 70. 70? To the Bulls? 70? I can't. That's unacceptable. Like, you can't give up 70 points to the Bulls. I don't care how hot they are from the mid-range and from the three-point line. That's ridiculous. And we already know the final scores, it being 114. So that means they only gave up 44 points in the second half. You just got to do better. Um, and more on that later. 
So the defense did pick up some in the second half, but we can't take all the credit. The The Bulls went with Wendell Carter Jr. post-ups on Steven Adams to start the third, which, <laughs> all right, guys, I know you're like developing young players, but that's not the best plan. Uh, Paul George hit a three. Ferguson hit a three. The Thunder went on a bit of a run to get it up to a lead, 75-72 to 72, with 13-2 run. Credit to that, mostly to the defense. Again, to the Bulls, just also missing shots. Uh, Russ tallied a triple-double in that third quarter with about five minutes left. More on that later. In the fourth, uh, I I really just don't have a lot to say about the start of the fourth quarter. Like, the Bulls did good. The Thunder did bad. The Thunder got up to 100 points with seven minutes and 48 seconds left in the game. And I guess what I will say is that I have a bone to pick with Mr. Lawler of Lawler's Law, who said the first team to 100 tends to win the game. Because, I mean, gosh, the Thunder got up to 100 with 7.48 left. They didn't score again until the 4.29 mark in the fourth quarter. So that's over three minutes without scoring. And, I mean, against the Bulls, like, come on, guys. Come on. They're not good at offense. They're not good at defense. They, there's no excuse for that. The, the offense was just bad. People were taking bad shots. When they were taking good shots, they were missing the good shots. I will say the refs were uh, weird in that stretch. In particular, near the end of the game, Jeremy Grant was called for a foul, backing down a Bulls player, um, which was a very ticky-tack call given the the moment in the game but you know it's just something you have to you have to take when you allow a bad team to hang in the game you can't leave it up to the refs at that point uh another note that i have to say i don't want to say it but russell westbrook tried to dunk all over wendell carter jr and wendell carter jr absolutely denied russ at the rim like I did not see a replay of it because I was watching the OKC Thunder broadcast and they're just not going to do Russ like that. But it was a straight-up denial. Like, I I don't know. It was, like, almost on the level of that one where TLC got blocked by whichever Plumlee Charlotte has. It was pretty bad. Still, OKC had a lead, 110 to 109 with under a minute left. And then... Russ gave up a three to Justin Holiday. He had to make the shot, but look, that that was Russ's fault. He got caught. I, I really don't know what he was doing. He was, like, helping on Steven Adams' defender, but Steven Adams didn't need help. He was totally in the right position. I Basically, what a coach would tell you is that Russ got caught ball-watching, and that's not the first time that's happened. I don't think he's out here stat-padding looking for a rebound. I mean, he had a great game. He didn't need another rebound to get his triple-double, but it's basically the same situation as that Nuggets game last season where Russ just got caught ball-watching, let his guy relocate, and he didn't realize he relocated, and then it led to a wide-open three-pointer, and the guy knocked it down, like credit to Justin Holiday again. But blame to Russell Westbrook. That's, that's on him, and that's the kind of moment where you hope that This is a team who is preaching some kind of responsibility for moments like that. 
because it seems like they are. Um, we saw in the previous game against the Nets that Russell Westbrook took that one bad three-pointer and then was saying, my bad, in the huddle. So it seems like he's aware of the things that need to happen for this team, and it doesn't seem like he is above taking blame in those situations. So hopefully this is one of those times where Russ realizes he messed up or that someone tells Russ he messed up and that he'll get better from here on out. After that, Russ went down and got it back, making a tough layup, a tough challenge layup where he just went man mode against Wendell Carter Jr., and uh, he got the two points back, so give him credit for that. And then Laurie Markin just made a huge, tough shot off the wrong foot, high arching floater off the backboard, just like a really big shot by Laurie Markin, and that's that's great that the Bulls have themselves a, a real player, but it really shouldn't have mattered. And then after the timeout with about four seconds left, Billy Donovan drew drew up a great play. It was this kind of twisting tornado of a set that just popped Paul George wide open for a three. He didn't have, even have to do the pump fake, sidestep, dribble, wait for a second, shoot it move that he did against the Nets. No, he just caught it wide open, lined it up, and then bricked it a little bit long. So... That was disappointing. The Thunder had a chance to win. They probably should have won. Like, I don't know, Paul George is shooting over 50% on a shot like that, right? So the Thunder had over a 50% chance of winning even at that point. But it shouldn't have been that close. It just really shouldn't. And, okay, so the Thunder going into this game, and this was a stat that was floating around the Twitter sphere a little bit, were 13-0 against teams under 500 on the season and that's a little deceiving right now because of which teams are under 500 this early in the season and which teams are over 500 this early in the season and things will change we'll we'll circle back to that stat but in any case the thunder have been taking care of business this season against bad teams and they won two days ago in brooklyn they lost to the chicago bulls who I mean, look, they haven't had Laurie Markkinen for a large chunk of the season, so I won't say that they're the worst team in the league, but they're definitely among the handful of worst teams in the league. The Thunder should not have lost this game. So you just, with two games in a row going kind of that way, you hope that the Thunder aren't reverting back to the way that they were last season, where they just overlooked teams. And... Maybe at the end of the day, it was kind of fortunate that the Thunder lost this game because maybe that'll wake them up, you know? You beat the Nets without giving effort for three quarters. Maybe you can be like, ah, that's just how good we are. But then you lose to the Bulls when doing the same thing, and maybe you can be like, oh, Paul George isn't going to bail us out with 25 points in a quarter every game. We're going to have to show up like we were in those first 12 games against sub-500 opponents because this is the NBA. Anybody can beat anybody, and you're not just going to show up and get a victory. Along those lines, uh, the Steven Adams stuff, that was really good to see, and through the first three quarters, it had me with the mindset of, 
you know what? This is what's better about the team is that now they are recognizing a matchup like the Bulls not starting a center, and they're saying, let's just feed Steven Adams. Like He can just kind of win this game for us, and we can all take it easy. And that's nice. It's a it's a level of trust. It's a level of recognition of another another team's deficiency and a and an identification of that weakness and an attempt to take advantage of it. And that's great. But then later in the game, it had me thinking: Did the Thunder just take this game as a practice game? Were they just like? All right, we've been wanting to give Steven Adams some touches, so let's do it in this game. And that's something we saw a little bit of last year where against bad teams they would just let Melo get his shots up. So, look, I want to see Steven Adams get the ball more. I do. I hope it happens throughout the game more because, I mean, even in this one it went away in the second half when when they got behind or when they when the game got tense. But I don't want them to just think they can take games off and try things. Try it in practice. Try it a couple times throughout the game consistently. Do not just be like, all right, this is the Steven Adams game. Don't go gimmicky. Don't do that. Uh, another note from the game, and I know like we lost the game, so we don't want to really talk statistics too much. And Russell Westbrook had kind of a weird game. He like disappeared for stretches. Sometimes I didn't even notice him on the court, so that was odd. But Russell Westbrook had his 37th career triple-double before the start of the fourth quarter in this game. 37. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's just crazy. So, like, I went back and I looked up which teams in the NBA right now have fewer than 37 total triple doubles in their entire history that's that's all four quarters in all the history of those teams here's the list bucks grizzlies heat charlotte whatevers jazz magic pacers new orleans pelicans slash hornets the raptors and the timberwolves that is 10 of the nba's 30 teams who have never had as many triple-doubles in their entire history as Russell Westbrook it has has had in his career in three quarters. The slander, and yes, I'm saying slander because it's slander if it's not true, that is being thrown at Russell Westbrook on the internet, on Twitter, by The Ringer, by anybody who claims that this man is a stat patter and is not helping teams win is just it it's on another level and it's I'm just sick of it. Like come on guys. He's doing things that we've just never seen in in the NBA in history. He might average a triple double again this season and he's not even trying to do that. Lay off the guy. He's great. He's awesome. We lost this game, but Russell Westbrook is tremendous. So, with all of that said, let's move on to the player of the game. All right, so traditionally this is an award given to Thunder players, and I'm going to hold to that tradition. The player of the game, by all rights, for this one should be Laurie Markkinen, the finisher, which is just a great nickname. It's a great nickname. Uh, He's from Finland. He had 22 points on 11 field goal attempts, 6 rebounds, 3 steals, and, like I said, just that massively ridiculous game-winning banked-in floater. He... Actually, like, kind of worked over Paul George a couple times in the game with spin moves and things. So 
that's uh really impressive paul george is probably in the top handful of defenders in the league and definitely this year so laurie markinen being able to take it to him like that was just kind of incredible but so for thunder players the player of this game is steven adams congratulations steven adams 21 points 10 rebounds uh he was just huge and the bulls didn't have an answer for him and the thunder kind of went away from him and i don't know maybe maybe we need to give these awards to steven adams more often so people start to recognize him he he, i've seen a little bit of hype for him along the lines of the all-star game and defensive player of the year on the internet uh shout out at hardwood paroxysm matt moore not that he needs a shout out from us but he's all in on the steven adams train and i think we all are too and he was really dominant especially in the first quarter let's see that go on for more of the game okay so congratulations steven adams What does that mean? Do I get it? Do I get anything? Do I win? Do I get a bonus? I'll <laughs> be sick. No, it's just, I don't know. Seems dumb. It does. All right. So that's about it for this game. The Thunder lost. The Thunder should have won. It would have been really nice to bank this game. And I'll tell you why right now, because I'm going to give you a brief forecast. The Thunder's next four games are at home for Utah on Monday, December 10th, at New Orleans on Wednesday, at Denver on Friday, in a back-to-back home for the Clippers on Saturday. That's a tough stretch of four games, um, and that's a emotionally charged stretch of four games. They've got Utah. We all know the history there. Uh, They've got New Orleans and then at Denver and versus L.A., those are two teams that the Thunder have lost to this season in various circumstances. So chances at revenge revenge games. And then the fifth game on the trailing end of the Clippers is home for Chicago. So we have a chance at four revenge games in the next five, and there are four legitimately good teams in the next four games. Western Conference teams. Two division opponents. The Thunder are currently 0-1 in the division. These are big games. These are going to matter when the standings come up. And we're going to learn a lot about this team, about who they can be, and about what their ceiling is in the next four games. So let's hope they show out. We'll be recapping everyone here for Topic Thunder. Um, We've got a weekly coming for you this weekend, maybe on Monday we'll release it big news for us here at topic thunder we've got kind of a legend of nba twitter at snotty drippin james hollis who has agreed to come on and talk to us on sunday look for that sunday night or monday morning that's a big deal for us so we've got some twitter questions we've got fan interaction that's really gonna be great for that so in the meantime you can follow us at okc topic thunder on twitter you can find all our recaps and that snotty dripping pod on thundersintentions.com. You can find all of our podcasts, including the weeklies, on now that's thunderbasketball.com. 
You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes. Please leave us a five-star rating. That's really helpful. Again, just hit us up on Twitter. We love the interaction. We love to get any advice you can give us. We're doing some cool stuff on there with live tweeting games, with putting up GIFs. And that's about it. So, as always, Thunder Up! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.